gentlemen, and welcome to the Low Sodium Show. I am your host, Mark Lenny Crew Wheeler, <coughs> and we're going to have a blast tonight. Um, we're going to crank it up a little bit, and that's kind of the, the theme of this show tonight is uh, we're going to talk about gear ratios on reels, because I have a lot of people asking me, hey, Mark, why is there so many different gear ratios? Why do the pros preach on them so much? Well, I'm going to answer that question tonight. It's going to help you understand the gear ratio so when you're buying that next reel to match a rod, you're not just buying any old reel. You can have a reel and a rod that matches itself to the presentation you're going to use to make you a better angler. Trust me, it works. It has really revolutionized my way of fishing. Um, We're going to also start talking about post-spawn. A lot of areas are in post-spawn mode, pretty much from uh, uh, Maryland south, you've got fish on a post-spawn bite. How to, how to work those deeper ledges, those deeper areas where those bass have gone, as well as maybe delve into those shallow lakes that, don't get more, that are not as deep, you know, five, eight-foot deep lakes that really don't have a deep structure. How to find those fish as well, because that is key to being successful. So with that being said, Folks, we're going to have a great show. Um, just a shout-out to all those at Jamaica Bay this weekend um, and several other tournaments. Have a great time. Do very well. To all those that went to Jacksonville, and uh, there were so many tournaments this last weekend. Way to go, guys. I know there was an IFA and everything else. It's rocking and rolling now, folks. There's now no more sitting at home watching the, the snow to melt. The leaves are on the trees, and it's time to start catching some big old slaunched donkeys. So, <laughs> I love this time of year. So, with that being said, we're going to take a quick break, and we come right back. We're going to kick this thing off old school style. A little crank and yank and a little wang dang. Oh, yeah, local Ted. No, I'm kidding. We're going to get right back with you right after this. You listen to the Low Sodium Show only on the Kayak Fishing Radio Network. Looking for a new cooler with a lifetime warranty and made 100% in the United States? Look no further than Orca Coolers. These roto-molded, rugged coolers feature premium quality, seamless construction, meaning they're built to take whatever you and Mother Nature throws at them. Orca Coolers allow ice to keep for days, and they have non-slip feet so your cooler stays where you want it. With secure external latch system, the lid always stays closed. Orca Coolers, made 100% in the USA, always has been, always will be. Check them out at orcacoolers.com. All right, folks, you've been ta- hearing me talking about Lick'em Lures as of late, and a lot of people have been going, I've looked at them, I just don't know what to, how to fish them. Well, there is no wrong way. It's a jerkbait. That doesn't look like your average jerkbait, but it's a jerkbait. Treat it like a jerkbait, you'll catch more fish. Lick'em Lures is revolutionary, revolutionizing the way to fish a jerkbait. They match the shape, so in those dirty water areas, you're going to want them to really get that proper profile of that brim and shad. So check them out. Go to lickemlures.com. Pick up a pack. I'm telling you, you'll catch some really big bass on them. Again, go to lickemlures.com and let them know that Mark from the, from the Low Sodium Show sent you. Again, that's lickemlures.com. Pick up the tongue slapper today. Bull Bay Custom Rods are handcrafted, designed, built by fishermen for fishermen. Each plank goes through a rigorous stress test to ensure the highest quality, 
period. You can actually feel the action of the bite as well as lure vibration through the foreground, made with the highest quality components and made to your specifications. Full Bay Custom Rods bring innovation to your hands. Go to bbrods.com to check out some amazing custom rods. Full Bay Custom Rods, built by fishermen for fishermen. You are listening to The Low Sodium Show on Kayak Fishing Radio with your host, Mark, the Landing Crew Wheeler. And that is me. We're going to have a great show. Let's give a quick shout out to Kayak Mo, to the guests, and several others that are listening on the apps. Welcome. We're going to have a great show tonight. I hope you really enjoy it. So we're going to start off with this first uh, um, session. Uh, classes in session, all right, um, and this is brought to you by Bull Bay Rods. Go to bullbayrods.com and check them out. Pick up a rod, and I'm telling you, you will not be disappointed. Go to bullbayrods.com for more information. Okay, so with that being said, we're going to talk about gear ratios on reels, um, and I have people always asking me, um, Mark, you know, the gear ratios, how do they work? Well, we're going to break them down for you. With gear ratios, you understand, when you see 6.5 to 1 and 7.3 to 1 and whatever, what that is telling you is that when you turn that handle for one full revolution, okay, picking up or your, your, the, the spool itself is spinning 6.5 revolutions. 5.9 revolutions, 7.3 revolutions, okay? Now, depending on the spool size, at full capacity, it's going to tell you how many inches you're put, pulling in. So you could have, theoretically, a 5.1 to 1 gear ratio reel that picks up 48 inches of line. Why? Because the spool is 16 inches down at full capacity. Same thing. You could have a 7.3 to 1 ratio reel. The, the, the spool is about an inch wide, and it's only picking up 28 inches. But it's picking it up very quickly, and that is the key. How fast is that line being picked up? So I'm going to break it down for you. Lower end gear ratios are perfect for Deep cranking, when you're using a big crankbait. Um, and the reason for that is, is when you pull those crankbaits that have the big bills on them, they dig really hard. But one problem they have is that when you're, they're digging so hard, is that if you are going too fast, they'll start planing, which is they catch an edge of, of that water displacement, and they'll start turning sideways. You don't want that. You want running true. And there's no way to fix that if you're using a 7.3 to 1 ratio reel unless you reel it really slowly. That's very hard to do. Um, so, you know, big crankbaits, um, you know, uh, really big swim baits, that, that, seven, that, that, that you know, 6.1 and less, 6.3 to 1 maybe and less, you know, is where you want to be for those big swim baits. Because it's just a cast, let it sink, and reel at a good steady, you know, uh, uh, 
you know, uh, revolution, and it'll be very, very productive for you. Um, baits, very similar to that, are, um, you know, your, uh, you know, your big, big jigs, your big casting jigs. Um, I, I'll use a real low ratio reel because what I'm doing is I'm, I'm casting as far as I can, letting it sink to the bottom, and then I'm using the reel to drag that bait along the bottom. Um, I used to do this with a Carolina rig, use a very low gear ratio reel, which was the old thinking, is when you're dragging a bait like that, you don't need a high-speed reel. Um, and the issue with that is that when they, ha- when they take it and they start moving towards you, it is very difficult to catch up to a bass running towards you on a low-speed reel unless you have the ability to scream it and, 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 and really catch up to them, it's very hard to do. So I stopped doing that with Carolina rigs, with shaky heads, with a lot of presentations. And the one that I, I definitely removed the slow gear ratio rig uh, uh, reel segment from are all my flipping, pitching, and jig uses. Um, less than a long cast, okay, in, in deep water. Um, the reason is, is I'm moving quick. And I'm moving fast. When I was a finesse fisherman, and I and I say finesse, uh, not a power finesse fisherman, fisherman like I am now, where I'm casting, working that bait, and then casting again. I mean, really moving quickly. When I was a slow, methodical finesse fisherman, which I still am at some point, to 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 a point, I used low gear ratio reels for all my flipping and pitching. Reason was, was back, I'm going to say even four or five years ago, low gear ratios, gear ratio reels had the most torque, okay, than the high gear ratio reels. And what the torque is, is how much that reel, when, when, when you're going and that drag isn't running, how much power you get out of it. Because you can almost feel it. When you hook that fish and you start reeling, when you've got it locked down like you, you will in, you know, when you're flipping mats, when you're working heavy cover, when you're doing things like that and you're really getting into it and you, you, you've got that drag locked down, you can almost feel the torque leaving your hand with the older high-speed reels. Um, reason was was because they were made of such lightweight stuff to keep the weight down because the, the bearings on the inside – were so large that they were, you know, you had to cut down on the weight. And it was just weird how, you know, the flex and everything of that system. Back up, you know, let's, let's shoot forward to now. They have used better alloy metals to lighten that load on that reel, meaning the reels are lighter. Um, so which allows you, in the long run, to use that 7-3-1, that, that I think there's a 9-1 ratio, speed demon out there that now you have the ability to move fast but now have the torque okay without stripping the gears or anything else worrying about that 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 system which is great it it really fits my niche very very well i'm a i'm a speed finesse fisherman i am not looking to make them bite i'm looking to find the one or two bass in a hundred yard section that out of, out of 100 bass in that 100-yard section, okay, there might be one or two that are just super aggressive, and those are the ones I want. 
usually nine times out of ten, the two to three pound range. That is perfect for me. That is for me to get that, those five bass in the, in the live well where then I can slow it down and pick away and find that big bass. A lot of times the big bass are the most aggressive um, because they've got more to lose. Okay, so it really works for me, and that's my thought process on that. So, you know, gear, the, those lowering gear ratios work for those longer, deeper presentations where you're really looking to work the bottom with the reel, not the rod, with the reel. Then we move up, and I'm going to say from 6.3 to 1 to 6.8 to 1. And the average here is 6.5 to 1, which is the one that I use a lot. Um, you know, 6.5 to 1 gear ratio. I'm looking at crankbaits, every crankbait. And that's if it has a bill, I use a 6.5 to 1 ratio. Reason is, is I'm, I'm in that, that happy medium. I can reel it quick and, and hard and fast to get it the speed I need. I can also reel it really slow to work that bait a little slower. Um, it's got good torque. They're usually less expensive than the 7.3 to 1s or even the lower gear ratio reels. So they really work for the average angler. Um, but they are the quintessential reel that I use for, I'm going to say, 65% of all my presentations. Jerk baits, I use on them. Reason is, is I usually will have a tendency of using the higher gear ratio reels because they pick up more line, usually, to almost pick up too much. So that affects my presentation. Um, using build baits, uh, you know, my uh, the 6XDs, the DEM14s from Livingston's, the Lucky Craft, stuff like that. You know, where I'm, I'm working them and they run that 8 to 14 foot depth range. It's a very fine line between working them quickly and effectively and making them roll. And using that 6.5 to 1 gear ratio reel, I already have it in muscle memory in me right now that I can reel it and work that bait correctly. So for me, 6.5 to 1 for all my build ones. Uh, uh, square bills where, I, where I'm screaming them through the water column, through the cover, I just pick up my speed. The rounded bills, I know my speed for there and how to work them. And that's going to take trial and error. Um, again, jerk baits, crank baits, um, light lipless cranks. And I'm saying anything less than a quarter ounce. So usually the quarter ounce section, I'm using a, a 6.5 to 1. Um, they really work well, and it just works very, very well for me. Um, and the reason is, is those lighter baits, you really have to be careful. Because when you start screaming those baits in, like I do, those those lighter baits, when I'm working in, in five, I'm not going to see that much, in four feet or less, and I've got stump fields, okay, when I'm working a, a lipless crank through stump fields, which are, are, is an excellent technique, the, the half and the three-quarter ounce, or the two-fifth, 2.5 ounce, you know, the two, uh, whatever it's called, you really have a tendency when you're burning that bait in, okay, with those heavier baits, that it really brings it down the water column before you can engage it and, and tear it off through there, that you're going to hang up more. Using that quarter-ounce size, it's not going to sink as fast. It gives me more time to catch up to it and get it moving. Okay. And that, that 6.5 to 1 gear ratio reel allows me to catch up to it really, really fast, brings it in, 
get that line tight and moving that bait, or then I can, once I get that bait moving, I can slow it down and work it correctly. Um, you know, that, that's, that's crucial for me. Um, will I step up to a 7-3 to 1 gear ratio for those quarter ounces? Of course. But when I'm trying to pick away a cover, that's the, 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 that, that is the, the starter that I use. And the fish will tell me and dictate what they want. Spinner baits. 90% of all my presentations with spinner baits, 6-5 to 1. 90% of my presentations with chatter baits, 6-5 to 1. Um, 100% of my presentations with shaky heads, with Carolina rigs. Oh, I'm not even going to say that much for Carolina rigs. Um, I'm going to say maybe 50% if I'm dealing with shallow water. If I'm dealing with shallow water, 6-5 to 1. Deep water, we'll talk about that in a minute. Um, you know, uh, what are the presentations? Uh, worms, lizards, uh, anything Texas rigged, 6-5 to 1. Um, I, I find that's my, my happy place. And, and I, I use two reels for 6-5 to 1. I use a Shimano Corrado 201 G6. It's actually a left-handed reel, which means the handle's on the left side. And that reel is basically my workhorse. It, it, I've had it for so long um, that <laughs> literally I've replaced the bearings on it and everything else twice. Um, it's just a very, very smooth reel. It's broken in. It's my baby. Um, it's got uh, – it's, it's, the, the damn thing's so modified. It's, it's a zombie reel. Uh, I took all the washers out of it and, and replaced it with carbon fiber, wet drags, and I mean, literally, if I lock down, the, and I've got to sit here right here next to me, and when I lock down this Corrado, I literally can get 16, 17 pounds of drag before I start slipping. <laughs> um, you know, I, I, I took some weight out of it as well. I removed some things and replaced them with some higher-end uh, uh, parts, you know, uh, uh, magnesium parts and stuff like that, that, you know, really make this real light for me. And, I, you know, for $150, well, I probably got another $200 of, of extras inside of it to make it work really well um, for me. Okay, this is my, this, like I said, this is my workhorse. My topwater reel, this is it. Um, this is Corrado. I mean, it's just, it's just a, a great workhorse. The second one I have is a loose tournament speed spool, left-handed reel as well. And again, 6-5 to 1 gear ratio. Um, that one is a new one in my arsenal. It's a great reel. It, when I need to make a super long cast, and that's the one thing about this Corrado, everything I can do with it, I can make an average of a 50-60 foot cast, which is great. Trust me, that, that is farther than most people can cast. <clears throat> and, I, and I'm not tooting my own horn, please understand that. But that, that lose, I can get another 20, 30, 40 feet, depending on the bait, with that reel. Um, same rod, just different reel. And, and all the, and, and the, the Luz and the, the Corrado um, both have extra spools. So I can sw quickly switch them out to what I have. I have three spools for the Corrado and two for the, the Luz. Um, the Corrado, one spool has 14-pound um, Sunline, uh, shooter um, fluorocarbon. I have another spool, I'm looking at right now, that has um, 30 pound Power Pro braid 
And I have another one, which is my top water. Um, my walk the dog, my poppers, which has um, 14 pound um, Berkeley Big Game. And I use Berkeley Big Game because I have used it for salt water for so long that it's a confidence line for me personally. Um, floats, it does, works great. It uh, really has a lot of abrasion resistance. So, you know, that, that, that's my three spools for that one. For my lose, it's 30-pound braid. Oh, excuse me. The lose has 20-pound braid, um, Power Pro braid. Um, and the other one has, uh, again, 14-pound Sunline Reaction uh, fluorocarbon. has a little bit of stretch to it. Um, and that's the one where I throw my Alabama rig. It sounds kind of crazy that you only use 14 pounds, but I'm using very, very, very light um, Alabama rig. And I'm, it's an epoxy head Alabama rig. Local guy makes it. It's got an epoxy head. I use uh, either 16th or 8th ounce lead heads on top of it. It only carries uh, it carries uh, five baits, right? So I'm only going five eighths of an ounce on, on, on lead. Um, and I am also. Uh, using baits that don't weigh as much as well. <clears throat> Kayak Mo just asked in the chat room, so what is the best line to use with the baitcaster? I don't own any yet. I'm a spinning reel guy. I'm going to explain it to you like this. Line is extremely important. It is your only connection from you to the fish. So I'm going to make it easy. For me, I need a line that doesn't have memory or as little memory as possible. Okay, I need a line that is strong, that is abrasion resistant, and doesn't break. It, it is not um, needing a constant care. Okay, I'm not. I can't be sitting there, you know, and wasting time. Make sure my line's good. I need it to last all day and possibly two or three days at a time before I need to replace it. And again, I'm, I'm talking tournament experience. For the average angler, it needs to last you six months, half a year, half a fishing season before you need to replace it. Um, so for me, for fluorocarbon, there's really three that I use and, and, I, and I believe in. The first one, the one that I am using right now, it's on all my reels, and it is absolutely one of the best fluorocarbons out there, but it's going to hurt the pocket, is Sunline Products. Um, and I'm going to put it to you like this. The Sunline Shooter, the Sunline Reaction, and the Sunline Sniper. Those three ha each have their own okay, uh, tendencies and, and needs and wants. So you definitely want to you, you know, research them a little bit. Find which one you, you like. Um, line size, 14 pound, 12 and 14 pound for nearly 9, oh, I'm going to 80% of all your presentations are going to cover it. They're extremely wet. Their wet abrasion resistance is stellar. That gives you any idea. Okay. So the knot strength is excellent as well. There, there you go on that. The second fluorocarbon I use is the Vicious Pro Elite. Great line. It is what I use for my flipping and pitching um, rods. 
But with that being said, I have been having some issues as of late with the line. Um, I don't know what it is. I don't know if they changed uh, manufacturers or processes, but it's just not the same. And with that goes into the third one. When I am not looking to spend a lot of money and I need and I need a viable option for a day, Berkeley Vanish is really good for a day for me. After a day of hard fishing, I've got to replace it. Again, but it's what I'm paying for. Sunline, I'm paying $28. Vicious, or the uh, Vicious, I'm paying 15 The Berkeley Vanish, I'm paying 10 So that gives you an idea. You get what you pay for. That makes any sense. Uh, Seaguar, I really don't use. Reason is, and I'm going to say, put it to you like this. The Seaguar I've used... The Seaguar, great leader material. Excellent leader material. But when loaded on a reel and used throughout the day, has issues with memory. Really bad. And if you get a small wind knot in it, and this is for me, that I've experienced. When I get a wind knot in it, for whatever reason, it happens with fluorocarbon sometimes. It will get a kink in it. It creates a severe issue with line breakage. So I have to be very careful with the Seaguar, and I don't want to be worrying about it. That's why I use Sunline, and it's my line of choice. Braids, great option for baitcasters, okay? Do not start throwing um, braid, you know, light braid on a baitcaster. It'll just make you angry. 30, 40, 50 pound braid starts you off. That line is going to be your best bet. It's large enough, okay, that you can pick out any bird's nest, but it's also got the feel, okay, you can feel it better. It's not going to be as bad on the, the bird's nest, depending on how bad it is. It's easy to work with, much, very, very easy to work with. So Power Pro, um, another great one is, uh, surprisingly, the Spider Wire. Great, you know, but again, you're getting what you pay for, Spider Wire. 10 bucks. Power Pro, 17 bucks. Again, you get what you pay for. Um, again, the Kansan, I really don't like. I really don't like the Seaguar Kansan. For whatever reason, it just doesn't work for me on my, for how I fish. Someone else might like it. Um, next in line is Mono. Again, Berkeley, big game for me, and 12 pound, 14 pound is my go-to line. Um, I even have some lines that are 12, that are 10 pound in, in Mono. Um, but it's my confidence uh, uh, line of choice, uh, as well as um, high seas makes a great monofilament. Um, but again, my high seas I really have to watch. Berkeley I don't have to worry about as much. For whatever reason, the mono is really good. I put it on the reel, and literally I don't change it out for about half the season. But that's because I don't really throw mono a lot. It's again, it's for top waters. <laughs> And that's basically it. So, for me personally, that's how I, I work that into my my system. Um, so I hope that helps you, bud. Um, you know, the biggest thing I see people do is they go out and they buy a baitcaster, and then they load it with sh- really, really. I almost screwed up there. Um, really, 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 really bad line. Um, 
or they use too heavy a line for what they're doing, or they use too light of a line, and they get you know flustered when they're when they get a bird's nest and it breaks the line in the bird's nest. It happens, but find that I, you have to be careful. That's why I say 14 pound is the perfect start with mono and floral, no less than 30 on braid. And yes, I almost screwed up there. Um, the Berkeley Nanofill, it's okay. I, 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 I've used it. I don't like it. It's again, it's that personal preference. But even the, um, for whatever reason, I don't like how it feels. I, I, I feel that it gets this gritty feeling after a while. I don't know if this, if it's a line breaking down or the coating they added that breaks down. But I'm running that line through my fingers after five or six hours on the water. It just doesn't start to feel right to me. So it gives me doesn't give me that that confidence I'm looking for. Um, you know, so that's a that's a very big uh, uh, issue with me. I hope that makes understands it. Um, you know, and, and and again, that Berkeley Vanish is good. Um, you know, with spinning reels. I can't say enough about how awesome, um, and this is the only really big thing for, for me, is I, all of my spinning gear, I have, except for two reels, I have um, Sunline, uh, Sniper, 8-pound, 10-pound, and 14-pound on my three spinning reels. That's my fluorocarbons. My... Braid on a spinning reel is five pound uh, micro line, Power Pro micro line. Um, it's on a very light rod. It's one. It's one I use for for weightless presentations. And then I have another rod that has um, twelve pound. Excuse me. Uh, it's got twenty pound because it's a, a a three thousand size reel. So it's got twenty pound uh, Berkeley big game on it. It is it, it, that that is strictly a top water rod as well. When I'm working in wind and for whatever reason they you know you know I I'm dealing with you know long casts with the top water bait like a uh, a walk the dog bait and I need that long cast but the wind is only being blocked to about where my head is. Okay. And I'm and I'm dealing with with casting into it. It's the only time I use it, um, and it usually it is actually just sits in my garage, except for very 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 seldom I'll bring it out. But I hope that helps. Um, the so let's get back to gear ratios. You know six five to ones. You know your six five to ones are going to be your workhorses, day in day out, nine to five, six five to ones. Now, most of your spinning gears, and we've been talking a lot of, of, about baitcasters, your spinners, are going to be in that low, go, low gear ratio to 6.5 to 1 gear ratios. There are a handful of high-speed ones, but usually you don't see them in bass fishing. You don't need to worry about as much with the spinning setups because you can get that bait in quickly um, because of the size, because of the profile of the handle, okay, and you're not fighting the reel itself. 
you're going to be able to catch up to the fish faster with the lower gear ratio reel. That hope that that helps you. And I've just got a serious case of the yawns. Oh my god. Some uh, choice beverage there. Uh, and I, I, I'm going to take a second to talk about this. I'm a huge uh, cerveza fan. You know your your Mexican beers. Um, and I'm definitely telling you, go out and pick up a Pacifico. If you've never had Pacifico, you're missing out. It's really good. It already has a limey, citrusy flavor to it. Uh, it's my personal favorite. Um, <laughs> especially this time of the year. Uh, that and gin and tonics. A gin and tonic is amazing. And again, disclaimer, uh, please do not drink and drive. Do not drink and fly. Do not drink, drive and fly. Do not drink, drive, fly, and ride a boat. Uh, and, and if you are going to partake in the adult beverage, that means you must be an adult. And in this wonderful world that we live in, in this wonderful country of the United States of America, if you're, out of this, if you're not from this country and you have a lower drinking age, then great on you. But here in America, the drinking age is 21. So remember, ladies and gentlemen, if you decide to partake and you're not 21, if you're 20 and a half, you are wrong. So don't do it. That being said. Um, now, hang on one second. I apologize. I was grabbing something. Um, so let's break down for for one second the importance of understanding all this. Why it is so important. The baits you choose, okay, you can either fight the baits or you can have the baits fight for you. Hence how we've got this set up. Presentations dictate, or the baits dictate, the, the speed of the reel. Now, let's talk about the speed demons. Six, eight, six, nine plus. These are the reels that I use for flipping and pitching, okay, for uh, lipless crankbaits, for square bills, for uh, some spinnerbait presentations. This is what I use for buzzbaits. It is what I use for uh, Carolina rigs, okay, dragon bottom. Definitely got to have that 731. This is what I use for uh, speed shaking, which is a topic that we covered a few weeks back on shaky heads. It is what I use for when I am um, using uh, a bait like a, uh, a wake bait, 731. Reason is, is... For one, for like buzz baits, for lipless cranks, where I'm moving that bait quick, I'm get, I'm, I'm not looking for a feeding bite, I'm looking for that reaction bite. Seven three to one is the way to go. Spinner baits for seven three to one, simple as that. Um, when I'm flipping and pitching, okay, you're moving quick, okay. When I'm pitching in the in the mats and I'm and I'm speed fishing, you know that 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 style, it's literally a pitch in there. You know, a 10, 15-foot pitch in the, you know, accurate pitch. And it's jerk, jerk, jerk. Let it sit there for a second. It's out, and I'm moving to the next spot. Or I'm putting it right back in. Okay, I'm not giving him a time to, 
you know, to, to see it go by them. It's down, it's bounce, bounce, they see it, I rip it through there, put it back in there, and they eat it. Okay? Covering water. This is my cover water reel. Um, you know, it, that's the way I have to really approach it. The downside of 7 3 to 1s is some of the older ones, if you buy used, you have to be careful of the torque. You will blow gears, you will do a lot of things, so be very careful with that. Um, now, the reason I was talking about Carolina rigs is it's a very good bait for this time of year. When I make that long cast, okay, and I'm bringing it through, and I'm, I'm sweeping the rod with a Carolina rig. So what I'm doing is I'm pointing the rod at the bait, I'm sweeping it to the side, letting it drag the bottom, feel on the bottom, drag the bottom, feel the bottom, point and drag, point and drag. It's a lot of times you'll feel the gunk of the bass have it, and then they're slacking the line. I've got to pick that slack up and side hook them as quickly as possible. They will grab it, they'll go five or three or four feet, and they'll spit it. You have got to catch up to them, especially if you're deep, and especially if you're using braid. Braid puts a big bow in that line. When you get anything in, in 10 plus foot of water, you actually create an arc similar to a um, uh, an arrow or, or, or uh, bullet trajectory. Okay, where you have an apex, which is basically the surface of the water, and then there's a big bow down to the weight. Okay, you need to get that that bow and that slack out of out of out of that line. Okay, fluorocarbon is usually a straight shot, but if you're dealing with current, which your reservoirs, your lakes, uh, a lot of lakes have current in them, you don't realize. You know your uh, um, you know, stuff like that, it, that fluorocarbon is still going to have a bow in it because of the water pushing it. It's, it's just the way uh, mass and water cur- works. So you've got to be very careful with that. You have to understand that getting that, lo- that bow out of that line is super critical. And that's why when I said those lower gear ratios, when I'm working the bottom with a jig and constantly ticking the bottom with it, working it real slow, 5, 3 to 1. Now, if I'm casting out there and I'm stroking it, it's 7-3 to 1. Simple as that. Because I've got a bow in that line. I'm working it, you know, working it not with just the reel, but with the rod as well. And I've got to catch up. I'm using a fast reel. Okay? It's just what I use. Um, and I highly recommend, if you're just starting off, very important. Understand your reel. Understand your gear ratios. And you will put more fish in the boat. Because now, like I said... You are not because um, now you're not having the bait fight you. The bait is fighting for you. So with that being said, we're going to take a quick break and we come right back. We'll have more of the Low Sodium Show only on the Kayak Fishing Radio Network. Give me the flat to dawn with plenty of tailing fish. And the perfect fly rod. Yeah. And get ready for some magic. What an awesome eat, I got one. Oh, damn, I got him. You got it. I got him. Join Bonefish and Tarpon Trust. Nice fish. And help make sure that the magic never ends. Visit tarbone.org to find out how you can help. Tommy head jigs, y'all. Now is the time to really start investing in Tommy heads. Reason for that is, is 
it's a shaky head world out there. You got to get your shake on. Mm. So check them out. Go to TommyHeadJigs.com and pick up the most versatile jig head out there. Again, that's TommyHeadJigs.com and let them know that Mark from the Low Sodium Show sent you. You will not be disappointed. Again, that is TommyHeadJigs.com. Kayak Fishing Radio presents The Low Sodium Show With your host, Mark the Landing Crew Wheeler Alright, we are back And Kayakmo asked this question when does it uh, point the at what point does the ratio change as you lose line off the spool? So I mean, I know the ratio is what it says on the reel when it's full. Does it change at the 20 yards, quarter spool, half spool, etc.? The gear ratio never changes. What changes is the line pickup. Meaning, when you have a full spool, say for example, my Corrado at full spool, I get 32 inches, 28 or 32 inches of, of, of line return. That's the, the amount of line reeled in per turn of the handle. At half a spool, I am half of that line pickup, if that makes sense. So when I have half a spool... I have, if it's 28, it would be 14 inches of return. If I have three-quarters of a spool, okay, now I'm trying to do math. (laughs) I have 21 inches of line return. If I have, if I'm just starting off, okay, I only have seven inches, if that makes any sense. All right, so this is is very important as well, and it really matters, and you can really see this when you're fishing with a buddy, and that buddy has the same gear as you, same rod, same line, same reel, same bait, but he seems to be catching more fish. Correct. There, he he just said. So the less line on the spool, the faster you have to reel to get the same speed, speed of a turn. Yes. So very important. You're fishing with a guy, same reel, same everything, but he's catching fish. And you look over at his reel, and when he goes to cast, you realize he's only using half a spool. Okay, half of what you have. That tells you that you need to slow down. Because you're using a full spool, and where his ha- where his cast is ending, he's only picking up, let's say, 10 inches at the start, and he's only getting 14 inches at the end. So that means his his lure is moving much slower than yours that is starting off at 14 and ending at 28. Okay, so that helps you to break down what's happening. Okay, now. If he has the full spool, and he's tearing them up, and you've only got a half spool, 
you know, you you got a big bird's nest, you cut it out, and you lost a significant amount of line. You need to crank like a madman to match what he's doing. So basically, if you're using only four, if you're if at your 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 peak, you're using 14 inches of line on each turn handle. He's got a full spool, but he's picking up starting at 14. That means for every revolution he makes, you need to make two to match that one. If that makes any sense. So now you've got to compensate. So it behooves you to make sure you both have the same amount of line on the spool. Does it happen all the time? No. But to be able to match that will help you to catch more fish. And it is something that I do on the back of the boat or when I'm on the front of the boat and I have a partner. I do it all the time. I ask them, hey, let me see you real real fast. And they'll turn over and they'll show me. And I'll be like, oh, wow, you know, that's a, you know, a quantum exo. That, that's a great reel. What, what gear ratio is that? Oh, okay, cool. I'm using the same gear ratio here. That's insane. And, and, I, and I realized from that, you know, what they're doing and they're catching the fish. And I would tell them, if, I am, if I'm catching them and I look at their stuff and they've got less line than me and I look at them and go, you got to work the bait faster. Well, you're working that slow. I'm like, yes, but I'm, I've got more pickup on my reel which means I'm moving the bait faster. And you see the light bulb go off in their head. And they're like, oh, yeah, okay. And they're like, Bam, they're catching fish. So knowing that will help you to catch more fish. Okay. Um, yes, yeah, so you're going to be definitely more tired at the end of the day with the halves full. Um, you know, Toyota uh, Texas Bass Classic just went off this past weekend. And congratulations to... Um, Oh, forget his name. Put 110 pounds on the scale of three days. Oh, insane. First day, he had 42 pounds. 42 pounds. God. <laughs> he was calling nine-pound bass. Ah. Ah. <laughs> yeah, that's just insane. Insane. When you start calling five, six, seven, eight-pound bass. Ah. But... Um, the, the key to Lake Fork this past weekend was cranking. And there were pictures of guys after day two where they had blisters on their hands because they, you know, get the lure caught in a, in a tree or the bass would hit it or a pickerel or whatever, get them wrapped up in the tree and they break off. And they didn't have any replacement line where they were, uh, uh, great example, um, Dean Rojas, I think it was. Um, no, it was Gerald Swindell after day two. His hands were destroyed because of that. Um, he was losing line, could, didn't have replacement setups uh, for what he was using, and his hands were, were just absolutely destroyed. Um, you know, he, he was having issues on, on day three. You know, uh, Keith Combs, that's it, thank you. Um, you know, fishing. It was, you know, because his hands weren't working. He couldn't sign autographs, apparently. Um, had to have uh, his wife help him take off his shirt and everything else because his arms were all cramping up. You know, very important. Um, so with all that being said, let's start talking about post-spawn. Let's get into some fishing, some real fishing. Fishing I like doing. I like post-spawn bass fishing. The reason is, People don't do it, okay? We keep on wanting to beat the bank for those, you know, late spawners. Problem is, many times those late spawners have already seen all the baits in shallow. 
They've already been there, most likely. It's going to be harder to catch them. On fish, they're looking to feed. So let's give it to them. Just give them what they want. And that is shad. They want shad bad. They want to eat as many shad as they can. So let's talk about first this first part of the series. We're going to talk about where to start looking for those post-spawn bass. It's pretty simple. The first thing I do when I see post-spawn fish is I pull up a map and I look for main for the main thing are ledges and drop-offs very close to where they just spawned. Okay? And I start barking them down. Excuse me. And I'm looking for wood and rock. Those two things. Wood, rock, and vegetation. Three things. Wood, rock, and vegetation are the three things I'm looking for. Now, if I got a trifecta, I got, you know, uh, uh, vegetation, I got rock in it, and I have wood, I've just been like, oh, I'm going to stay there all day. Because I know they're going to be there. It's going to resupply throughout the day. Um, but I'm looking for things like channel swings. I'm looking for points. Those real long points are very effective. If they have a stump field on them, even better. If they're really sharp, even better. If I have current on the lake, great. Is, that is like the, the tri- that is perfect. Current, because I'll get on the backside and use that, that, that sharp break over that point to ambush prey as it's washed over top. Um, I'm looking for uh, depressions. If you have a big flat, and you'll see this a lot down south in the reservoirs where you get this big flat, and on that flat you get a four-foot depression, but it's 50 yards wide, just a huge depression. The bass will get inside there as their post spawn. Those flats just are teeming with bait life, and it's just easy for them to pick pick off. Um, I apologize. My daughter just walked by, and every time she walks by, she looks at me and yawns, and it is awful. It is so contagious. Um, so, you know, I'm looking for those. I'm looking for, you know, the deeper water. Why? Because the bass can get in that deeper water after they spawned out. They're uncomfortable. They've, you know, it, it's been a rough time for them. They've lost a lot of weight. They've expelled a lot of energy. And this is the time of year that those storms are going through, you know, every two or three days. And those bass want to be able to move up and down, okay, in that water column to find that comfortable zone for them until they can recuperate their energy. It's usually three or four days after they spawned out. Um, and you see them do this. Now, great thing, look for vertical, vertical structure as well. Docks. If I look at a map aerial map, whatever, and I see there's docks. I'm going to work the docks because it's cover form. Gets them out, gets them into those ambush points. And again, with those deep docks, they can move up and down those poles that cover, okay, to find that comfort zone when when the barometer is going crazy, when the water temps will fluctuate like they will right now. Um, it makes them feel comfortable. I do apologize. Um, excuse me. So those are things you can start looking at first. So with that being said, that's part one of 
post-spawn fishing. Look for deeper water. Part two for next week, we're going to talk about shallow water lakes when they don't have the deep water. Bait selection and how to use, if you have one, a fish finder to improve your catches. But again, that's all next week. So with that being said, I thank my personal sponsors, Orca Coolers, Jackson Kayak, um, Tommy Head Jigs, Bull Bay Rods, Lick'em Lures, and you, the listener. Thank you so much. Could not do this without you. So remember, folks, take a kid fishing. Get them out in the outdoors because memories are not made in front of a television. Always wear your PFD. It does you no good if it's floating away as you float to the bottom. Don't gamble with your life. Always wear your PFD. And if you decide to get on the water this weekend, to remember to get your fish on, man. And one last thing. Fortune favors the bold. Always remember that. Have a great night, everybody. See you next week, only on The Low Sodium Show. This is Kayak Fishing Radio, and it's time for Yak Fish in Texas with your host,